Welcome back to Psyched for Peds, the child mental health podcast for pediatric clinicians. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Faluco, child psychiatrist and mom. So today we're picking up where we left off in our conversation with Dr. Peggy Greco, pediatric psychologist extraordinaire. With over 30 years of clinical experience taking care of children and adolescents with mental health problems, Dr. Peggy Greco is the person that you want taking care of your family and loved ones. Dr. Greco currently serves as Assistant Vice President and Chief Patient Experience Officer for a large children's healthcare system. If you haven't yet listened to our previous episode, where she and I talk about ways to recognize anxiety, I'd encourage you to go back and check it out. But for now, let's get back to talking with Dr. Peggy Greco. What are things that you do in the office with kids that could be adapted for use in a pediatric primary care setting, like a really short intervention that the pediatric clinician could do with an anxious kid or just model for them to help them regulate some of their mood and their anxiety? So there's a couple different things. and I'm glad you asked about that because... Often there is a wait until families can get in to see a professional to help with anxiety. If the pediatrician is wanting to make a referral, there needs to be some stopgap measure of what can be done in the meanwhile while they're waiting. Um, And often too, to be able to leave with some immediate strategies is very helpful for families. I think about the environment. There's a lot that can be done in the environment that helps to decrease anxiety. One of my main recommendations is for parents to look at level of arousal in the environment, how busy, how stimulating, Mm -hmm. how unpredictable, how inconsistent, looking at scheduling. Can you make the environment calming, quieter, less stimulation? And the predictability is really important. So for younger kids, I recommend having a calendar and sometimes a large whiteboard is a good way to do it because it's bigger to write things on, to talk through, to make things as consistent as possible. So the environment is one, um, being able to give parents the advice to lower stimulation and increase consistency. I love that. I'm also thinking of the reality of when you have multiple kids and a little bit of a chaotic home, you may not be able to control the environment as much as you would like, especially if some of these other kids have their own challenges. Absolutely. But the predictability, so if they know, is key. Even just maybe making a few adjustments to typical scheduling as far as Okay, at night before you go to bed, you review the schedule for the next day. And in the morning, you answer any questions about the schedule or quickly run through it on the car on the way to to school. So that way the child knows what to expect and some of the anticipatory anxiety is decreased. That would definitely be my first recommendation for pediatricians to share, to, to look at the environment, that they can talk with parents very quickly about consistency and decreasing arousal. I think the second thing is to suggest a few strategies for the child themselves, because it's important to send the message that you are powerful in this. You can do things that will help you feel better. And to also let them know it may take some time to completely go away, but even if you make it decrease for a second, you you have done something important. If you make it decrease four or five minutes, you're improving that. Simple breathing is something that they have control over and can do. Even for very small kids, that's where bubbles come in handy. So one of my favorites is to talk about having a bubble contest and taking a really deep breath so that you can then 
blow it out really slowly and make a really big bubble. If you let it all out, the bubble just bursts. Mm -hmm. And you have to take in a lot of air into your lungs to make it a really big bubble. So um, you can have even those little tiny bubbles that they sell in party stores and just pull them because then they're single use and have a bubble contest. So the child takes a really deep breath slowly blows it out and you're modeling it at the same time as you have your contest. And that's so fun. I would say for all ages. I mean, maybe there are some <laughs> yeah. teenagers who would not feel super excited about that, but bubbles are fun. One thing that I've been using with some of my kids is called cookie breathing. Do you know about this? No. What is cookie breathing? Oh my goodness. I love it. Sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really helpful for school age kids at 12 and under and the younger, the better. Basically you have them put their hands out in front and sort of imagine their favorite flavor cookie. For me, it would be chocolate chip. You have them practice taking a deep breath, like breathe in and smell. Like what does that cookie smell like? It's fresh out of the oven. And so you're taking your big inhale. And then you realize that the cookie's too hot, so you have to cool it down. So now you have to put a big, long exhale to cool the cookie so you can eat it. So it's sort of like an imagination game. I love that. If you don't have bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think one of the things I like about that as well is that it's engaging you cognitively because mm. we know that kids often with anxiety have difficulty controlling their thoughts. So mm. it makes you focus on a specific thought, that of the cookie. Yes. Another technique that's really helpful, especially for older kids, is thought stopping. Mm. So just, again, introducing the idea that eventually you'll be able to control these thoughts and using a very simple technique such as visualizing a stop sign. And sometimes I'll have a child draw it, draw a stop sign. That's fine. Um, in a pediatrician office, you may not have as much time, but you just ask them, okay, what does stop sign look like? Remember, yeah. it's red, it's got lots of sides. And, mm -hmm. um, and so you have them close their eyes and visualize it. And so, okay, anytime you have a, a thought that bothers you, you put that stop sign up. And if you can't, if the thought is persistent and still in there, just keep putting that stop sign up. And then we also talk about turning the channel. So you turn oh. the channel to another thought. And I have them even come up with channels. Like there's the family channel, the fun channel, the Ooh. vacation channel. And so you think, I'm going to turn it to vacation channel and think about the vacation I have coming up okay. and what I'm going to do. So the stop and turn the channel are two techniques that pediatricians can very quickly share with families to use. I think it's also powerful to empower the parents because parents always ask us, what can I do to help my child? Possibly the parents are frustrated by their own child's anxiety. They want to do something to fix it or have something that they can practice at home. And so it's neat to almost to offer these as options that the kid can practice and that the parent can practice with them and encourage them. Okay, you know, think about the stop sign or let's go change the the channel when they're in the heat of the moment. Absolutely. There are some really interesting online resources like websites and various apps that are free that sometimes I've used with some of the families and they found them to be helpful. So for the preschool age group, there is something called monster meditations. Have you heard about that? I haven't. Oh my goodness. If you just Google Sesame Street monster meditations, it's this adorable animated video with the different Sesame Street characters that are teaching you about grounding, basically how to get in connection with your senses um, and how to manage your own high levels of anxiety. And it's just like a one or two minute video. You can press play. If a child is sort of gearing up and feeling really anxious in the car on the way to school, it's something that you could hand them your phone and easily look up. 
and share with them. I will tell you, I've had my kids tested out and they are not preschool age and they were not as excited about Cookie Monster, (laughs) but definitely the younger ones. For older kids or kids who really want to practice with apps, I know you've told me about some, but one new one that I've learned about is called Wobot. It's W-O-E-B-O-T, like robot, and it's this cute emoticon of a little robot. And it's a free app that prompts you on a daily basis to practice gratitude or journaling or different things to try to shift your mind towards more positive things and relies on CBT principles, cognitive behavioral therapy, to try to help with things like anxiety and depression. So, I mean, by no means are we endorsing these and saying, this is the cure and download this app. (laughs) It's just one more tool that pediatricians can offer to parents. And, And obviously each family may be a little different in their needs and in their preferences. And there may be some families where they notice the arousal um, and anxiety is stimulated by electronic devices mm-hmm. and may want to decrease that time. So yeah. you have to use your judgment in terms of who it would be appropriate for. But absolutely, that's just one more tool in the tool belt. One app also that I recommend for adolescents is called Calm and What's Up. There's a couple that are really good for teenagers who, in the moment especially, need something immediate to help them decrease panic. So to keep in mind, there's some apps that are tailored toward that need as well. The tricky part and something that I hear a lot from families is if you wait too long and somebody gets too far in their panic or the anxiety, that it's harder to use some of the apps and the skills. And so the hard part is going back and helping the kid and the family realize when we're starting to ramp up, like now is the time to click on the WhatsApp app and practice the deep breathing from calm. It depends on whether you'd have time in the office, but often I ask my patients to go ahead and download it and we practice it. We use it together so that it's clear how to use it and it's already an instrument of help for them on their phones. When I'm talking with pediatricians, I'll I'll encourage them to download it on their phone. So at the very least, even if the family doesn't have time to do it or, or the Wi-Fi signal isn't working, at least you could take out your own phone and show them, I have it on mine and here's what it is and maybe share when it's helpful for you. Before we wrap up, I just want to thank you, Dr. Peggy Greco, for all of your incredibly practical tips for how pediatric clinicians can help kids and families with anxiety. To summarize, we've talked about some apps that you could share with families, and we've also talked about strategies that pediatric clinicians can teach kids to regulate their own anxiety, like simple breathing, thought stopping, and change the channel. And finally, we've talked about things that parents can do to support their kids with anxiety. For our colleagues and friends who are listening, if you want more information about the resources we mentioned, please visit our website at psyched4peds.com. And for public speaking engagements or other questions, email us at info at psyched4peds.com. See you next time. 